We are so excited you've decided to listen to this week's sermon podcast. Hey, we release sermon podcasts weekly, so be sure to follow us and hit that notification bell so you can be notified when episodes are released. God bless and enjoy. Pray for America. Pray for, pray for the United States of America. And there's just so many things going on right now. And, and, uh, there's, there's, there's a war. And don't let any of this sneak up on you. The Bible says in, in the last days that uh, there'll be a war between good and evil and right and wrong. And you just you, you never know what those things really are. And so you just got to know what the truth according to this word is. And the rest of it will play out. A lot of times you pick a side, you end up with mud on your face. And so here's where we need to be. Just right here. But pray for our good nation. We need healing. We need unity. Amen. Amen. Thank you, singers. Y'all are the best. I mean that. Always honored to preach behind your singing. Y'all always till the ground so good. Now, just for the next few days while you got this little old, uh, bug running around and you see so much, and, and, and I, I get it, but don't, don't throw any stones at me about what I'm fixing to say, but uh, everybody don't want to shake hands. Some people scared to death. But I was told when I was a child, and I've tried it a lot of times, you, you can't uh, rub your nose with your elbow can't pick your teeth with your elbow and uh, so just in case so you don't feel like somebody gave you the cold shoulder just give them an elbow not in the head you know I mean and, uh, and but you know what we're, 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 we're going that's just that we're going we're gonna see the ways of the Lord and his blessings in this house amen remember September starts our 30 days of prayer and fasting and uh now, somebody ask them, just real quick, let me say. Now, does that mean I can't eat for 30 days? No. That don't, that don't even mean you, you can't eat one day. Uh, I, I personally believe a, a good fast is maybe to eat once a day. Now, my wife, at 93 pounds, I told her one more pound, I'm, I'm, I'm dragging her in. Uh, but she, the, the doctor says she's perfect, and I told him I already knew that. But uh, in any event... If that happens, uh, she can't fast every day. Now, some of us, us, it wouldn't hurt so much. But some people can't do it. and People are, have issues with medical issues. I know my mother couldn't do it. There's no way she could. But find something that means something to you. Even if it's not food, a fast is a sacrifice. It's a sacrifice, and generally what I'll do is I'll go to eat one meal a day, and then I'll cut out something else, and, uh, you know, and so just, uh, just you, you know what is a sacrifice, and you can fool the people, but you can't fool your heart, and you can't fool God. You know what a sacrifice is, and if you'll sacrifice something throughout the month of September every single day, and we're going to be in prayer here every night, doesn't mean you got to make every night. Some of you can't. Some of you drive 85, 90 miles round trip. And that doesn't do anything but for a pastor but just say, wow, we're honored that person to drive this far 
past all those churches to get, I mean, it, it is the best church, but to get to the best. You'll drive past the rest to get to the best. But in any event, we understand that. But just be here. We're going to be praying right here. We won't meet together on Sunday night or Wednesday night, but you'll still have your prayer time uh, on top of that. And so every other night of the week, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, the church will be open at 7 o'clock, and, uh, and we'll, uh, we might even see about getting it open at 6. It may fit your schedule for some of you better. But just come a little while. You don't even have to stay a whole hour. Some people, when you say we pray from 7 to 8, they say, well, I can't be there for the whole hour, so I'm not coming at all. If you could get five minutes of what happened here Wednesday night and the Wednesday night before, oh wow, wow, we we had to be we had to settle down back there because they've issued a forest fire warning. And uh, well, all right, let's do it. Amen. I'll promise you one thing: today this will not be a masterpiece. I've heard somebody say that one time. That was a masterpiece. But I will promise you. It'll be a piece of the master. Amen. If you can take that much of it, it'll be all right. Amen. Amen. I want to preach to you. Preach to two kinds of people. The lost and the saved. Two other kind of people. The sinner and the saint. Amen. Matthew 13. Good to see the bishop after a few services out. He's probably saying it's good to be seen. They tell me, I don't know, but they tell me the blade of the grass is prettier than the root. And I'm just glad to still be seeing the blade. Amen. Matthew 13 and 44, one verse here. Again, Jesus says, again. How many of you have ever read Letter Bible Opened? Is that, is, that, is that read, what he's about to say? Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto treasure hid in a field. The which, when a man hath found, he hideth, and for joy thereof goeth and selleth all that he hath, and buyeth that field. I want to preach to you for just a little bit. It is worth the work. It is. We're going to do some high preaching, and we're going to do some digging. We're going to do a little bit of everything here today, but I believe we're going to leave here with some answers and some revelation. And the questions are going to be answered for the first time in our life. I believe that today. It is worth the work. Let's pray together. Lord, we love you. We come to you one more time just knowing and understanding and realizing that none of us have accomplished anything compared to your glory and to your righteousness and your kingdom. No one deserves to be here today if we were to look at our life in comparison to what we could have done different, to what we could have changed. But, Lord, you said we were faithful over a few things. The bishop reminded us the other day, just a few things some of us have been faithful over. And we thank you, Lord, that you took notice of that. And, Lord, you've blessed us over those few things. I ask you to just move us today. Move us with your message, Lord. Move us again, just like with every song, Lord. Let our worship be true and pure and only for you. We'll give you all the praise and all the glory for an awesome anointing to hear and understand and respond. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Let's love him one more time. It is worth the work. Come on, praise him.
God bless you. You may be seated. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your worship. Maybe you and I have had some of the same experiences in that Missy and I have gone, I, I don't know how many times, I could probably look back on a camera roll, or well, probably not because we went a time or two before there was camera rolls, <laughs> as we know them now. And uh, we've been to gold mines. Anybody ever been to gold mine? It's a neat thing. Uh, now when you, when you go into, uh, oh, baby, what's the name of that little town? I always forget. Uh, where we go buy fresh meat up there. Uh, uh, Cripple Creek, Colorado. When we stay in Canyon City, there's a, there's a, a butcher up in Cripple Creek. Well, used to, that used to be a town. It was a family town. You carried everybody up there, and you walked around. You had a good time. And uh, Nowadays, for the most part, it's turned into a, a, a gambling town other than a good butcher and, and uh, uh, some good pizza. And so but we like to drive more than anything. It's beautiful, just a beautiful drive from uh, Canyon City on up to Cripple Creek. And you get to see a lot of wildlife and creeks and rivers and mountains. And it's just, it's just a beautiful thing. But we, we, we get there, and I always like to see the entire hillside. From, from miles away, you can see water spraying. And it's, and it's mixed with cyanide. Yes, cyanide. And they spray it on the side of these mountains where all this rubble comes out. And cyanide does something to the gold, causes the gold to be clean. And it's heavy, so it causes it to be washed down as the gold is it's just stacked. That thousands, I'd rather the rock, the rubble is stacked thousands of feet up the side of this mountain to make a mountain of its own. And they're, they're spraying this, uh, this solution of water and cyanide and some other things up on the side of the mountain just looking for this gold, and, and we've been there. The security's high. Uh, it's an interesting place to drive by. We went up and turned around and come back and turned around uh, time and time again just looking and trying to see anything that we could see. But uh, there, there's a report that says that for every ounce of gold, 50 to 60 tons of dirt and rock is moved. 120,000 pounds. However... Another report says it takes them about 91 tons, 182, 4,000 pounds. Hear that? 182,000 pounds of material to get one ounce of gold. That's because gold's valuable. And to those people, it is worth the work. It's worth all those men working and all the, the danger. Then down uh, close to the little railroad where you can go take a ride around and see the, see the mines. There's a, there's a shaft that goes down. Uh, I, I think it's like 1,100 feet that goes down to virtually the base of that mountain. Have anybody ever seen that? It, it's, isn't that cool? It's, it's a neat thing, but it's only about this big. And so when we got ready to go down in there and we looked at that hole and realized we was going to be going down 1,000 feet, in that little old hole, uh, the devil called claustrophobia came in and, and uh, got a hold of our hearts. And we said, boy, it's a nice. Let's go. <laughs> so I've never been to the bottom of that thing, but uh, it's pretty cool, they say. The pictures are neat. We bought the kids some stuff from there. And, uh, but, you know, if gold was just laying out in the field, everybody would be there. 
And the value of it wouldn't be, I didn't look this morning, but some 30, 30 something hundred dollars the last time I looked for an ounce. If anybody's got an ounce you want to give me, you know, I'll take it. But, uh, but it, it's, a, it's an incredible it's an incredible thing. We, we've panned for gold. We took the, uh, the, the grandkids, or, or Bentley has been, and, and, and Brady's up next to go with him. And, and then uh, if time stands and the Lord allows, we'll, we'll take them all. But we've been on, on the Arkansas River there in Colorado as it comes down cold, fresh out of those mountains. And you, you can't stay in the water very long. You, you'd be chilled to the bone. But we went and bought a little panning kit, you know, and just for fun carry the kids down and scoot. Brother Stanton, I'm glad to see you. Glad to see you, Brother Stanton. Love you. So glad you're here today. Amen. Forgive me. I can't go without uh, the ones we've been praying for, making sure they know we're glad that prayer works. And so we, we grabbed this little pan, and I don't know if any of you have ever mined for gold for real. I know you've been where there's been some planted. You know, I mean, everybody's done that and got a little piece of fool's gold or, or many people have. But we've been there and many, many hundreds of thousands of gallons will go across. I, I remember Bentley getting some fool's gold. I mean, it's just everywhere. You look in there and it's like, whoa, we hit the glory hole. You know, it's the jackpot right here. Here, here we are. And, and you find out it's not worth anything. The matter of fact, that road up to Cripple Creek is one of the roads that's called Street of Gold. Because in the rock, there's so much fool's gold. If the sun's shining right, it'll reflect off of that road. And it truly looks like a golden street. It's just made up in the fool's gold. It's part of it's It's, it's their asphalt. Can you imagine what heaven's going to be like? But we just sit there with that little pan and got the little rings around it and, and, and you shake it down and then the heavy stuff goes. And, but it takes thousands and thousands of, 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 of gallons and we have yet to find a nugget. Not one time. We've got fool's gold. We've got all kinds of stuff. Uh, one year, uh, the church that uh, we pastored in Louisiana, we were blessed uh, enough. They, they got together and said, hey, our pastor's been working hard. They sent us to Hawaii. I promise you it's not a hint. I'm not trying to plant a seed. Don't want to go to Hawaii right now. It's on fire. And uh, praying for them from the bottom of my heart. But we went, and, and uh, I said, you know, I, I'd like to bust open some of these oysters and, and see if I could find a pearl, you know. I mean, that'd be a cool thing to do. And So you pay your little $10, and you go get, you dig out the oyster, and, and you look at it, and, and you Busted open, and sure enough, I found a black one, a black pearl. And they were like, hey, this doesn't happen right here. And everybody else around, uh, some's not getting anything, and some every now and then finds a little small. This was a big, the end of your finger size, black pearl. And I thought, well, this is pretty incredible. And so we had it set, and we put it in a little box, and we kept it and have it to this day. But you know what? If you don't work... Them old shells are nasty. They stink. Your hands stink on the ride back from the ocean to the main part of the land. It, 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 ugh. But treasure hunting is work. It's work. And so Jesus is making a comparison right here. He, he's telling them, uh, again, the kingdom of heaven. Watch this. The kingdom of heaven. Hear this one more time. The kingdom of heaven is likened to a treasure hid. 
Not just standing out there because everybody would have got it. Hid in the field, and the man, when he found it, he hideth, and for the joy thereof, goeth and sell all he hath, and buyeth that field, the kingdom of heaven. Let me explain that phrase to you. Here's what it means. The expansive joy in the family, and by extension, the high places spiritually of Christ Jesus, the Messiah, and the last definition is the church. It's not talking about heaven. It's not talking about the skies. It's talking about the spiritual highs, the, the spiritual places in the church with the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. So that's the kingdom of heaven in this passage. It does have some different meanings in other places. It, it is talking about heaven, but uh, this right here is not. It's talking about heaven here. And church is heaven here. By definition. So it's not speaking of eternity and, and such. But if you break this down, you see that this man done something and the Lord sees a need to say it again. Now I didn't read before that where he said it in the first place. So it lets me know that at some point he's already been teaching this. Because he says again I want you to know. Again I'm saying to you. And so he, he tells it again. It doesn't, it doesn't read right up to that that he had said it before. But here's what we know. The, man's, the man finds a treasure. He's got to dig for it. He's got to work for it. And, but he knows that right there somewhere he has a claim. He's just got to go buy the claim. Here's the thing, though. He don't want the land. Oh, it's supposed to get good right here. Because the land is just old rubbish. It's, it's, it's just dirt and rock and roots and old hardwood, crooked, crooked trees. And you just have to look at it like buying a pasture that you want to graze your animals on that's covered in mesquite trees. It's going to take some work. It's going to take some work to have a place for those cattle to graze. You're not just going to put them out there to get cut up and tore up and live among the stuff. And you're definitely not going to grow anything there. If you want that to be what it's supposed to be, that takes work. And the Bible said that, again, I want you to know, this man knew there was treasure in the field, and so he went out and he bought it all he, he had to purchase it he had to have it surveyed he had to go before a judge and have everything stamped as legal he had to get the deed of the day which was a wax seal and the king's stamp or someone under him who had authority to put the stamp on it it's just made up of junk but here's the thing in the middle of that field of dirt and rock and tree and root and rubbish he knows there's something worth keeping in there and he's willing to filter through all the mess to get to what's good. Uh, and he said, such is the church. Such is the kingdom. There's going to be some people. There's going to be some problems. There's going to be some things. There's going to be some old mesquite trees. There's going to be some rock. There's going to be some dirt. There's going to be some work. But if you want the treasure that the church will offer, you got to be willing Instead of pouting, yeah, I need just a little monitor. Just a little monitor. Instead of pouting, you got to praise him. Instead of judging, you just got to jump. Instead of worrying, you got to worship because it is worth the work. If you're going to have treasure, you're going to have to acquire some worthless things. Oh, I'm going to 
preach to you right here. If you're going to have it, you also got to take what comes with it. The man, the woman, they've been through a divorce. They've both been hurt and they both have children. They become a blended family. And that boy is wild as a March hare. And that new father figure in the house, which he's not his, his father, unless, unless that's what the need needs to be and that's what he, the role he feels. But he, he comes in and, and those children are not, they're not raised proper or vice versa with the man and the woman. But it doesn't matter how it is. If he wants that woman bad enough, he'll learn how to deal with them kids. Am I? Come on, we live in a world of blended families. It's okay to say amen. Hey, hear me. Sometimes if you want the treasure, if you want the prize, if you want what's good and what's right, at the end of the day, what's going to bless you, you've got to be willing to sift through some stuff. Too many people see the dirt and see the rock and all of a sudden the treasure has no value. But the Lord is saying the church has enough value in it that you'll look over the people that talked about you. You'll look around the people that don't like you. You'll go above and beyond what's needed. Can, can, y'all, can y'all hear me okay? Or is it too loud? Y'all good? Everything's fine. All right. Hey, watch, because we're fixing to preach. Too many times we question everything and we say, well, this just looks like a worthless situation that I'm in. It looks like a worthless piece of ground. Remember, you didn't show up so you could be a part of 1600 Griffith. This is just an address. It's got to be mowed. It's time for the trees to be trimmed. The building needs to be power washed. We're still missing a piece of vinyl on the front. We got work to do on the steeple before we can sell it. There's just a few things that we got to do before we make a move but we're not here because of 1600 Griffith we're here because this is where the body of Christ meets together the land don't mean anything the grass don't mean anything the shingles don't mean anything the brick don't mean anything but what means something is the treasure that's in the middle of the field you're willing to work Watch this, 45, again, the kingdom of heaven is likened to a merchant man seeking goodly pearls. I've already told my story on that. Who, when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all he had and bought it. Now, we've got to look at this close. To get to what was goodly, to get to what had value. Here's the problem sometimes. We let the enemy do the appraising for us. We let the devil tell us what the church is worth to us. What's the body? What's believers? What's prayer warriors worth? What's what's baby dedication and funerals and weddings and and, and, and graduations and youth ministries? And what, what is all of that worth? What is it worth to see to it that your family's names are written in the land? Well, there's somebody there that knows something about my past. Well, that's just terrible. If you go somewhere else in a year, they'll know what you've done since you've been there. Buckle up. Square your shoulders back. Well, I don't like that because I opened up when we went to counseling. Well, you're going to need counseling again with that mentality. But you're going to bounce around until you find somebody that don't know how to counsel. 
or won't. Won't preach, won't step on your toes, won't love you. Somebody just needs to hear what I'm telling you right now. The things that are good are worth giving up everything you have to obtain them. Is there anything in your life that's more valuable to you than the kingdom of heaven, the body of Christ, the baptistry, the altar, the ministries, the preaching, the singing, the worship? Is there anything worth more than that to you? If so, You've got the wrong appraiser on your sight. Watch this. The Bible said that he sold everything he had. Do you know what it's about to live for God? Listen, it's just a real, listen close to this. You know what it's about to live for God? To get, to get self totally out of the way. I am completely out of the picture. My hookups and my hangups and the things I want to do and the places I want to be, things I want to do, where I want to say, how I want to act, how the old me would respond. There was a, a little situation the other day, and I was glad I could talk to my wife about it because she, she, she knows I'm human. You know, every now and then people say, uh, Oh, boy, there's a whole new level. There may be a level of calling that everybody don't have, but uh, I'm not any more angel than you are. I still bleed when I'm cut. You know, I still got to breathe to make it. I'm not floating around, you know. And I something happened, and it, it, it really made me mad. It just really just got under my skin. It's been a long time since anything got me like that. I didn't do anything. I didn't say anything, and I was gone. And I told my wife, I said, I said, baby, I, I, I felt, I could hear, I, I, could, I could smell him. I could taste him. I could see the old Rusty start to go. Whoom, and the Holy Ghost went. See, if you don't have that. You'll say the wrong thing and you'll do the wrong thing. You got to make him the voice of your life, the Lord of your life, the hope of your life. The church has to be the most valuable thing. You're always trying to protect the image of the church, the name of the church, the value of the church in the public eye. It is your job as part of this body to spare this body from any critical thinking, from any criticism. No, that's my church. You can talk about anything else you want to talk about. But I have given up everything in my life to be a part of that and to be on that team. And you will not cause its value to be less in my mind. There's too many people that just think gold just lays on the field. There's too many people just think the diamonds are out there. Too many people think like the, the big uh, yellow diamond in Tanzania that's still on display somewhere. I can't remember, 186 carats or something. One of the most valuable in the world. It happened because their Jeep got stuck when they were trying to dig it out. It wasn't a Jeep, actually. It was a Toyota. But they were digging it out, a little four-wheel drive. And, and by the time they got it out, they saw something shining. Biggest diamond ever recovered from the hills of Tanzania. Sits on display today. That person went from stuck in the mud to retired. Well, we're all hoping to get stuck in the mud, aren't we? Nobody wants to be stuck, but everybody wants the diamond. 
Thank you for that. It wasn't in my notes. Hey, somebody needs to hear me. Sometimes we feel like we're going to just waltz right into the church. I'm going to repent of my sins. I'm going to be baptized. I'm going to rededicate my life. And when I leave here, hell is going to part and all his little minions are going to run off and hide because I just stepped out my hair still wet. He don't give a rip about your hair, what altar or what baptistry you just came from. You're still going to be under attack every day of your life. You just got to decide what's more important. No, somebody didn't hear me. Is this more important than the jewels of life? Is this more important than some of the friendships? Is this more important than where you used to be and what you used to do and where you used to go? Is this that valuable to you? Or is it just another building and another group of people? He's telling us right here in red letters, you can't just take the good parts of it and walk and leave the rest. 47, again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a net. Oh, we're going to get us all now. It's like a net was cast into the sea and gathered every kind. You know, it would be awesome. Brother, Brother David, I know you're a minister and called to the Lord and licensed and Come here, but I want you to come here. I don't want to degrade your ministry or nothing, but but you're, you're helping. And I wish the bishop felt good. You, if you feel good, bishop, you don't feel good. He don't even know what we're doing. It's a two-man net anyhow. So let's get the net. You got one here? Let's stretch it out. All right? Ready? And when we're going to throw it, and the weights are here. We're just going to let them fly, but we're going to hold this in. All right? Here we go. You ready? The only thing we're catching in that is perfect people. They've never sinned. They all just moved in from out of state. They paid double tithes and offerings. I mean, one, one of them lays carpet, one does sheetrock, and one does insulation, and one does plumbing, and one does roofing, and one does framing. They got the next year off, and they're going to build a building for free. Don't need the money, they're all rich. That's all that was in that net. Who lied to you? They come in smelling like alcohol. Come on. Skunk sprayed at their house last night. Their nose is still itching from the Friday and Saturday party. They still got hookups and hangups. They got fake names in their phone number. They got three or four fake Facebook accounts because they're doing things they ought not be doing. They own YouTube and all kind of sites looking at stuff they ought not be looking at. Here's what you got to know. When you throw the net, you bring in all kinds of people. And the Bible said, such is the kingdom of heaven. You don't just get to get the perfect people. You don't just get to get the baptized people. You don't just get to get the ones that are all good and perfect and healthy and right. You're going to bring in some babies that's got to be changed and talked to and worked with and worked over and corrected from time to time and loved all the time. I talked to a guy one time. He said, man, that guy's done got under my last nerve. We're putting roller skates under him. I said, point him east. We'll take him off and plant him right here. 
Come on, somebody needs to hear what I'm telling you right now. Under an anointing of the Holy Ghost, the church is not perfect because I'm here. It's not perfect because you're here. The only thing perfect is because he's here. And it's still the best thing going. And you won't pull everything in perfect every time you show up. But it'll be worth the fight. It'll be worth the change. It'll be worth the cost. Well, I don't want to go to church because I know holiness has a meaning. The Bible said no man shall see God without holiness. He also said it's beautiful. I want to be the most attractive person in the building to God. So if that means holiness in my appearance, holiness in my worship, holiness in my giving, holiness in my speech, holiness in my determination not to road rage, whatever it is, God looks and says, now that's beautiful. It's hard for me to look at y'all and say that, some of you. It's hard for some of you to look at me and say that. But here's what I want to tell you. He did not call us to be beautiful. He calls us to be holy. And he said the holiness is what's beautiful to me. The separation and the purity. That's what does it for him. He's attracted to a beautiful woman called the church. He's made her his bride. And he's building a home. He said, I've gone to prepare a place for you that where I am you may be also. Hear me. He's not coming back for people that are not holy, that don't want to be like the bride and have changed their appearance to be that of the world instead of that of the church. All your clothesline preaching now. Well, let me ask you. If that was clothesline preaching, which you don't know me all that well apparently, but if it was... Does that mean more to you than all this? The Lord called me to not go back there again. I'm in the world, but not of the world. I'm born into the world. Raised by people that are in the world. Learn things that are from the world and about the world and through the world. Written by the world. But he said, I've called you. To be in the world but not of the world. You see we, we live on this earth. But if we're right our, our, our roots are, are in the soul of another land. I preached that sermon one time. I had to find that one again. This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blues. The angel beckons me, but I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Oh, Lord. You know I have no friend like you. If heaven's not my home, then Lord, what would I do? The angel beckons me from heaven's open door. But I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Some glad morning 
When this life is over, I'll fly away. I'm going to sing this part. To a home where joy shall never end, I'll fly away. Oh, won't we have a time? When we get over yonder, oh, won't we have a time? When we get over yonder, oh, won't we have a time? When we get over yonder, oh, won't we? Gonna walk and talk and sing and shout when we get over yonder. Gonna walk and talk and sing and sh- okay, it's easy to sing about heaven. Look at y'all. Look, 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 look. Wouldn't it be awesome if you had that same spirit when it was time to go to praise? Had that same spirit when offering pan came around. Had the same spirit when it's time to get out in the middle of the night and go pray for somebody. Like Brother Jarek said this morning, just be a Christian, do the right thing, get out there when somebody has a need. Wouldn't it, would, wouldn't it be the right thing to do to be excited about everything that God and His kingdom offers you? Oh, it's so good to get excited about streets ago. But let me tell you, there's some nuggets in our neighborhoods. There's some nuggets in our neighbors. There's some nuggets in our friendships. And when we dig those out, it's going to take some work. How many times are you willing to be told no? Oh, happy day. Oh, happy day when Jesus washed, when Jesus washed, when Jesus washed my sins away. Happy day, oh, happy day. It's so good, but then when he says, all right, you got to make some changes, we bristle up. No, I don't think that. I felt you Sunday, but now this must be the enemy. Because God wouldn't expect me. Now, he wouldn't expect it. He would demand it. Because if you really got it, the Bible said he'll lead you and guide you in all truth. I'm not a judge, but you know when folks are right or not. You can tell by the words that proceed out of their mouth. What they say, what they do, where they go, how they, how they act. There's some places it's just not acceptable to carry the Holy Ghost. Ooh. Y'all all right? It's like a net that was cast into the sea. I'm done, Sister Beckham. And gathered every kind. If somebody would help Sister Brenda, I'm excited about baptizing her. Maybe Sister, Sister Kim or... Sister Dennis, whoever's been, oh, Sister Kim's out. Uh, All right, perfect. Thank you. Watch this. The church, the ministry. None of this comes without work. I'm waiting on the day. A guy wrote a book one time, and the name of the book is Preaching Without Notes. Now, he didn't write that until he'd been in the ministry 50 years. 
I wish he had wrote it after 50 days. It would have been a much more interesting book to read. I can do it. You can do it. When the, when the unction of the Holy Ghost comes over you, you'll say a lot of what I've shared today is not in my notes. I've got very few notes, actually. Two little stories about mine and one about Pearl, and that's it. That's, that's it. Everything else, the Lord is feeding me to feed you. I'm just a hollow tube, one of the meanings of a prophet. I'm not a prophet, nor do I know if I'm the son of a prophet. But I'm willing to be a hollow tube when he gives it to me. I'll just let it flow to you. If there's anything left, I'll take it. But I won't skim off the top. I'll give it all to you. But watch this. Preach without notes. Just get up there and say whatever's on your heart. I've, I've watched some people testify without notes. That's why we don't have many testimony services. We found out way too much about your surgery in a testimony service. Come on, way too much about your marriage in a testimony service. Oh, we used to have testimony service all the time. I, I wouldn't even begin to repeat. I wouldn't even want the image in your mind of some testimony services that I had to preach behind. And people get mad. They say, Pastor, I got something I want to testify about. You say, would you mind sharing it with me? And they get offended. I'm afraid you're going to testify without notes. <laughs> say it ain't so. You know. You've been there. Oh, we need more of them where everybody just gets a chance to stand up. No, because I want the rest of the folks to come back next Sunday. <laughs> come on. Come on. Here's the problem. The church won't always look like you. Won't always act like you. Won't always be as perfect as you. So if you're part of the body of Christ, if you're the bride of Christ, the first New Testament order after the Holy Ghost fell that came to the church after they knew the whole truth the first commandment was go tell everybody tell them all it's for them it's for their children it's for as many as the Lord our God shall call you tell them the Holy Ghost is for them but you don't know them preacher no you just cast the net you, you just cast the net I want the musicians and singers to Shake a little bit. Come on. Watch. Just, just, just throw the net. Well, what, what if I catch a a rockfish instead of a salmon? Well, you 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 bring him in and use him for whatever a rockfish is good for. Well, what if I'm, it don't matter. Just throw the net. Once they've received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, they'll do right. And until then, they'll just do what you've done until you've done right. You don't know her. You don't know him. Let me just tell you something. 
the church was worth so much that the Spirit of God Jesus said if you've seen me you've seen the Father I and the Father are one there's three that bear record in heaven the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost and these three are one the Bible said in the beginning was the Word the Word was God, the Word was God and the Word was God and at verse 14 it said the Word became flesh the Spirit was robed in flesh both still the Spirit of God everywhere and a manifestation of man anywhere he was at and he said I'm going to send my spirit back in my name it's going to be the comforter called the Holy Ghost called the wine the fire rivers of living water shall flow he thought you were so important you were worth dying for but we're so easily offended and claiming to be filled with that same spirit we're so easily offended when somebody don't line up to our lifestyle and our standard of living I won't go into what it means, but you go home and do a deep dive. The Bible says that our righteousness is as of filthy rags. I'm not going to go into what that means, but you go home and study that right there. And you'll find out really what we are compared to Him. Yeah, but I've been... I'm proud of you. The Lord loves you. Glad you're going to make it. But hear me. Now let me preach to the saints for a few moments that are bought in. He said we're saved through the power and the continuing, the regeneration. When's the last time you've been filled with the Spirit? I was filled and I don't really know about anybody else's testimony, but I could, I could use the bishops because he shared it with me so many times, and I've heard it so many times. On July the 5th of 1965, he remembers that night very, very, very clearly, and he shared it with us so many times. And this is not even about him. Since I use his story, it's, it's excluded. Maybe you got the Holy Ghost on the 5th of July 1965. That's good. But have you got it since? You can't eat one meal and live a lifetime. You regenerate power. You regenerate energy. The battery goes dead. The alternator. You got to keep putting fuel in the engine to keep the, the motor spinning and the belt turning the alternator and the battery charged to run the lights. If you're going to drive in this dark world, you better keep getting filled over and over and over again. One altar call is not enough. One prayer meeting is not enough. One time of repentance is not enough. The saints of God got to get filled again and again and again. I don't feel what I used to feel, Pastor. When's the last time you've been filled with the Holy Ghost? When's the last time you cleaned your life out and said, start new with me? I'm a clean canvas. Write what you want to write. I want us to stand together. Sinner, saint, member, guest, rich, poor. No matter what the case is today, 
just because you committed two years ago, five, 10, 20, 50 years ago. Stay focused right here for just a few moments. The Holy Ghost wants to move in this building. He wants to move on the saints of God. Hear me? He wants to move on the bride of Christ. He wants to move on his people. Get focused with me right here for just a few moments. The Holy Ghost is tender right now. He wants to move saints another step higher. He wants to pull the sinner from a pit of sin and condemnation and guilt. He wants to bring them into his marvelous light. My question is, is there a saint of God that wants to be refilled? They're fixing to sing. You're going to get an opportunity because as you reach for God, God's going to reach for you. As you reach for that power that the Spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ, His Comforter, the Holy Ghost, His own Spirit that He sent back to fill you, as you reach one more time for it, it's going to reach for you. Sinner, you hadn't gone too far. If you was, He would have never drawn you here today. He would have never allowed the call to come. You'd have never made it here. If He didn't care about you, you would not be here. But you got to be willing to say, this will be the most important thing in my life. I'll buy all the land. I'll buy the trees. I'll buy the dirt. I'll buy the rock. I'll buy the rubbish. I'll buy 91 tons of gravel to get to an ounce of gold. I'll dig a deep hole to get to a nugget. I'm just wondering who it is, sinner, saint, lukewarm, guest, member, whoever would walk to this altar right now and just say, God, I'm giving you everything I have, all of it. I just have to be a part. I have to be your bride. I have to hear the trumpet sound. I have to walk on streets of gold. My soul has to be saved. You thought I was worth saving. Come on, saint. Come on, sinner. The altar's open. No matter what category you're in, you can come.